What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi and Dr. Wes Hendricks, <laughs> where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of information as well as all sorts of terrible misinformation. Today, which is technically our second episode, the first episode, um, we only got five minutes because I forgot to set my uh, screensaver and it turned on five minutes in and we, you know... So we'll just call that the teaser episode, right? I think that's a good episode. That works. I like it. Yeah. So um, we're going to both interview each other for these first two episodes and just kind of dig into our stories, dig into um, what makes us tick, you know, what all the the good stuff, good stuff and the bad stuff. So um, Wes, why don't you just like give us a quick like intro who you are, you know, what brought you to Charleston, you know. Do you even like Charleston? You know, stuff like that. You better say yes. So, um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe a quick little uh, intro. All right. Well, I guess my official title is I'm a chiropractor. Um, I guess that's up for debate if I'm really a chiropractor. I agree with that. We'll, we'll dig into that. Don't you worry. Yeah. Um, a chiropractor, also a trainer. Um, moved to Charleston about a year ago. I was living in Boston. And I was in Boston for three years, and the, the cold weather just got to me. I needed to move somewhere warm. Uh, my girlfriend had the idea of moving somewhere to the south. I'm under the impression you can only live in so many cities in the south, or there's so many cities that you want to live in this part of the country when you're, like, under 30, give or take. That's probably so, true. <laughs> um, we'd visit Charleston a few times, and I'm kind of the impulsive one. So I was just like, let's go for it. My, my, my rent is up. We're moving. <laughs> So we flew down. We had one weekend to find a place. We got an apartment, loaded up the U-Haul a few months later and came on down. That's awesome. I, I envy that spontaneity. You know, I'm the exact opposite. I've been here and raised here and never left. So because <laughs> well, it's a good place to, to be here. And what is it like 60 new people are moving here a day? Yeah, that's true. My wife says that and she's moved everywhere. She was an Air Force brat. So, um, and now you're, you're, um, you're basically trapped in your house now, right now, right? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it is kind of downpouring here and all the roads in downtown flood really easily. And I've got a small sedan. So, um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be driving through a, a six inch puddle or a three foot puddle. So I thought it was better off. We do this remotely as opposed to me drive down to the gym. Right, right. We're 20 minutes away, but we're doing this via yeah a video <laughs> chat. So um, that's Charleston for you, man, with the bridges and the islands and the flooding. It's just uh, it's part of uh, it's part of its charm, right? I'm fine with it. I have an excuse not to leave my house. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm a homebody. Um, homebody for sure. <clears throat> All right. So let's dig into some questions. I think I got some good ones. So if we're going to start in chronological order, <clears throat> kind of where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? What is, you know, what makes up Wes? We really want to dig into the spiritual yeah, energy and like, the inner child. Yes. Oh man, that would be good. Yes. Let's start there. Okay. So I grew up in uh, northern New Jersey, a small town called Mountain Lakes. It's like two square miles, um, probably 45 minutes outside of New York City. 
Um, just like Jersey Shore, right? Like that's where you grew up. Just, you know, you and Ronnie and the situation used to hang out. When you tell people you're from New Jersey, they automatically assume Jersey Shore. Yeah. Um, definitely not where I lived was Jersey Shore. Um, (laughs) but we, we can just say, we can just imagine Jersey Shore. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I just picture Jersey as just this huge industrial town. You know what I mean? Like, um, not dirty doesn't sound right, but like not much going on. A lot of people want to leave. Yeah. Well, yeah, I by no means had any ambition to ever live there or anything. It was a nice town I lived in. Um, growing up was pretty easy, I guess. Um, spent most of my time skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, played some high school sports, uh, lacrosse and football. I'm not much of a team guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, much pre- I really enjoyed actually doing the team workouts preseason. For whatever reason, that was like my favorite thing to do. Loved it. Don't know why. Always just been attracted to like training, hard workouts. Um, you know, so since I was like 12, I'd been doing Olympic lifting, you know, different type of conditioning, gymnastic stuff. So then when I found CrossFit in like 2008, I was like, I've been doing this for like eight years already. This is, somebody just called it what I've been doing. Right. Uh, so from there, after growing up, left, went to college really only went to college in the first place so I could snowboard. I really just wanted to move to California, but my father was like, no, nope, you're, you're going to school. So moved to New Hampshire and I picked my college. So back then you didn't have like Google or anything. Like, so if you wanted to determine a location, you, you had MapQuest. Do you yeah. remember MapQuest? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A little Garmin's, you know, oh yeah. So not I many people know about that. Like, the five major ski resorts at the time in the, in the, in New England or in the Northeast. And I had a list of colleges and I just started map questing how far each college was from the ski resort. And then I landed at a small state university in New Hampshire, which was like 20 minutes from two major places in New Hampshire. So I was like, all right, I'll go to school here. Um, awesome. and I used to get over a hundred days of snowboarding in a year. Um, so that's how I made my decision. And then somehow the person that didn't want to go to undergrad ended up getting another bachelor's and then went on to another four years of, uh, grad school. Oh yeah. We'll, di- we'll dig into that. So you, do you still snowboard now? Like obviously in Charleston, it's not an ideal place. Like, are you still- um, so I, I snowboarded a little, so I went to grad school in Portland, Oregon and I moved out there specifically because um, you can snowboard year round in Oregon. Like, mm-hmm. so you, like I used to fly out to Oregon in the summer and go snowboarding. So I was like, Oh, I used to go to Oregon all the time. Like I'll go to grad school out there. That's a great idea. Little did I know grad school, you don't really, especially chiropractic school, you don't have much of a life. So I mm-hmm. think I snowboarded the five years I lived in Portland, like a total of like four times. Um, of those four times, the girl I was dating at the time, like I took her to try to teach her. Yeah. So I think I was, I think I was like in a negative deficit. That doesn't even count. Oh, right. That's worse than going by. Yeah. And trying yeah. to teach them. I was the guy being taught. Culture. Yeah. Um, so like I snowboarded a couple of times and then I went out there a couple of months ago for my brother's wedding and I went snowboarding once while I was out there. But like in the last like seven years, I've probably gone like 10 times. Was it like um, riding a bike? Did you like pick it right back oh. up? Yeah, picked it right back up. It was, I was like a little kid. I was, my first run down, I was laughing. I was so psyched. Taking the chair ride up, I was like, like the kid that like, I just couldn't sit still. I was so excited. Um, so you can you but, do like the terrain park? Are you able to do all that kind of cool stuff or? I used to actually, I'll, I'll, I'll send you some, 
photos later. We used to go on like snowboard trips where like, so have you ever watched like snowboard movies before? Yeah, sure. So, like where they, they go set up at like, and in like an urban location and they're like sliding down the rails. Like that's what we used to do. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, it was pretty stupid though at the time. <laughs> um, I have a lot of broken bones from it. Um, but yeah, snowboarding in Oregon last, uh, like a month ago was a blast. I had so much fun, but within like two hours I was smoked. I was just ready to go, ready to go home. Didn't have the endurance for it anymore. Not at all. Like two hours in, I was just, because my girlfriend came and she skis so she could keep up. It was great. Um, but after like two hours, I was like, let's go, let's go back to the chalet. I just want to hop in the hot tub. The chalet. Did you say the chalet? That's hilarious. That's what it was. I was like, I'm an old man. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. I mean, that's, you know, we talk about a lot, but I think it's really key to, you know, we talk about being healthy and I think like being able to go snowboard and be able to pick that up that just shows you that you've been training and doing things correctly that you can just be like, I haven't done this in 10 years and I can still have the range of motion. I still have the body awareness. It's probably a lot of people who can't do that in the first place, let alone, you know, get back to doing it. You know, the cool thing was, you know, I was using so many different, we could say movement patterns, muscles, whatever you want to say that I normally don't use on a regular basis. You know, you're going in the sideways motion down a hill back and forth using all different you know, movement patterns. And I wasn't sore at all the next day. You know, I was tired that day, but like by no means was my back sore or my shins were like, you know, you know, I was fine. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I did not have that same experience. We can talk about that another day. (laughs) Um, So, so you're, you're a chiropractor. We've got that, you know, at least um, on, on paper you are, did you have, did you have an experience with a chiropractor before you went to chiropractic school and, and that kind of segues into why did you become a chiropractor? What drew you to that profession? So, you know, growing up, I used to always just go to my chiropractor in town for whatever reason, you know, maybe my dad, and I never had like a specific incident. I think my father always went just as we could say maintenance. So like, I'd just go and, you know, I'd spend six minutes in there. I'd get my neck back, everything cracked. It'd feel good. Then I'd walk out. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even realize I was paying at the time. Like they would just run the insurance or whatever. I was so oblivious to what was going on. Right, right. Ding, ding. Yeah. We'll talk about that one day. All about health insurance, but yeah, not today. That's a whole other topic. But yeah, I used to go to him all the time. Um, And, you know, for no specific reason, just because like, you know, oh, it'll be like, it's kind of like massage or anything else. Like athletes do this, you know, I'm going to do this to maintain, maintain my body. Um, Then I went to grad or I went, in undergrad, I was an exercise science major and thought I just wanted to like train people or be a strength coach, something like that. And the problem that I kept running into or the thing I kept seeing is, you know, these uh, clients of these strength coaches or these athletes at the university that we'd work with, or, you know, when you'd go train somebody, you know, my doctor said I couldn't do this. My doctor said I can't do this. Um, I shouldn't be doing this, you know. Um, and I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why does this this other doctor get to decide what this person, like nine out of 10 times, this doctor is, you know, without being too negative or throwing people under yeah. the bus. We question why he made that decision, right? Yeah. Let's say that. Where did the yeah. primary care physician come from on this? Is this primary care physician working out themselves? Are they the model of health or whatever to begin with? Yeah. Um, you know, and who are they to say this person can't do this? Right. So inst- and instead I found like these, um, athletes or these people, you know, when they got this advice from their doctor, 
just kind of like paralysis by analysis. They just chose to do nothing. They just kind of throw their hands up in there and they're like, you know, I can't work out. I don't want to get hurt. I'm afraid to hurt myself. You know, and I started to get frustrated with that. So I was like, you know, I kind of want to be the doctor. I want to be in control and I can be like, no, like, you know, you can do this or we can modify it. Like I want to have a better understanding of the human body than what was provided to me at just the undergrad level. So I started kind of digging into it and, you know, I didn't want to go to the traditional route of medicine Mm -hmm. uh, because it just didn't seem like they touched upon it enough. And, you know, if I would go back now, I probably would just go to PT school in all honesty. But at the time I really just wasn't, I didn't know enough about physical therapists. Like I was just, my understanding of it was like, Oh, they work with like, they do post-surgical stuff or, you know, they work with, you know, it's still what people think. I, you know, just like you, um, you deal with some of the misconceptions. So do I in the same level, you know, being a PT is obviously great, but you know, um, (laughs) being a chiro is great for a lot of reasons too. There's pros and cons to both. Yeah. So, you know, I had always gone to a chiropractor growing up and I was like, Oh, that's technically a doctor. Um, you know, I'll get a good understanding of, you know, the human body, everything Mm -hmm. else that goes along with it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, let's go for it. And I, I think you're starting to see too. Like I don't, I don't put a lot of <laughs> too much thought in any right. of my decisions. Planning is not happening during these decision making process. <laughs> I just, I have a thought and I run with it. Yeah, right. we need somebody to manage that a little bit better. Maybe you know, <laughs> yep. myself so and your girlfriend will do that for you. Oh yeah, so that's kind of how I got uh, the title of a chiropractor. Interesting. Okay, so you. You had a, a good experience when you were younger. You wanted yeah. to um, be able to have some credibility in the space as well as have a better understanding of the human body. So you decided to go to chiropractic school. What is yeah. your experience there? Like, did you enjoy it? Did you, you know, did you, were you at odds with a lot of professors considering that your, you know, philosophy may be a little bit different than a traditional chiropractic philosophy? And then again, I always have a two-parter. I'd like to know what the traditional chiropractic philosophy is in your own words um well that's that was a handful there Uh, (laughs) so the the first part you know i was i was kind of developing my philosophy throughout chiropractic school you know i didn't know like you know i I wasn't really sure on how i was going to practice what i was going to do all that stuff as i was going through it and i actually remember one day i was in a class and i got out and i called my dad and i was just like they're talking about disc herniations. Why do I need to know anything about a disc herniation? I'm not going to treat disc herniations. Uh, I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Oh, that's funny. And, and what's funny about that is after I graduated, I did my clinical externship at Beth Israel Hospital Spine Center, where if you went to the emergency room, you would get sent to us for disc herniations or back pain. In Irony at its best. I love it. So I, my favorite thing to treat is a disc herniation. Now, if someone comes in with like an acute disc, so it's just, it's kind of funny. But anyway, um, you know, I was kind of, I wasn't sure what route I wanted to go. The thing that always stood out to me in school was that I always had these unhealthy colleagues. Like I I imagined like this, like I was like, I'm going to chiropractic school. I'm going to show up and all these people are going to be so healthy. Right. They're all doing handstands and they're all runners and weightlifters (laughs) and the picture of health. So many fit, active friends. Yeah. This is going to be great. Um, <laughs> I like nobody in my class. Yeah. Okay. Uh, nobody. Yeah. They were 
like if you were to like have us in a lineup, you would not think any of us were healthcare providers, or none of them were healthcare providers. That's yeah, uh, that's unfortunately true, right? Like it's yeah. just eighty percent of people aren't healthy, and that goes for healthcare providers. I feel like probably it's probably worse. I wonder what the statistics are. Yeah. So um, you know, anyway, I was kind of developing this philosophy throughout it. Um, and I don't know at what point in time the, the light kind of clicked for me. And then when you're in school too, you know, the, and this could be a whole nother topic, the whole model of school, like passing test after test after test and like grad school in particular, for me, it was, you know, you have a midterm, you have a final. If you don't do good in one of them, you don't pass the class. So you're, you're studying and learning to pass tests. You know, you're not studying yeah. and learning to, you know, have a patient, you know, two totally different things. So like, I wish I could go back now and take classes with the understanding or dissect a human cadaver again, with the understanding of what I know now, uh, with no like fear of that test or whatever. And the funny thing is I'd probably ace the test or do so much better on them too. Yeah, no, I agree Uh, with you. I feel the same way when I, you basically go to school to learn how to learn. Right. And that's just what it is and that's fine. Right. But it's not very good to like it's not very proficient in learning your craft, right? You're supposed to yeah. do that. And a lot of people just stop, right? A lot of healthcare practitioners, they go to school, they get the base knowledge and then they stop learning. And obviously me and you are not like that. And I think that's that's definitely part of the process. I would agree with that. Um, and then, you know, at some point in time, you know, at chiropractic school, you have a lot of philosophy classes. But <laughs> this is what I'm excited to talk about is the question I've been wanting to ask forever. I wanted to say that, right? So what you know, is chiropractic, chiropractic philosophy? philosophy or, you know, and I'm a, I'm a very negative person by nature. So I'm going to try to remain positive here. <laughs> you know, it, 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 you know, statements you'll, you'll hear chiropractors make like, you know, putting this bone back into place or resetting the nervous system or this is linked to that. It reminds me a lot of like, how old this is a good analogy. How old is your daughter? She is five. No, four. Sorry. Goodness. Sorry, Helen. Yeah, you're four. So has she yet asked you where babies come from? Yeah. She has. She asked me about the God question, not babies yet. No, we haven't had that conversation yet. So at least for me, I remember that the natural answer was, oh, the, the stork, you know, brings the baby or whatever. And everyone just comes to believe it's the stork. Right. You know, it's like, and I feel like a lot of this philosophy or these statements that people make chiropractors in particular or the things I was taught in these philosophy classes are just that they're like stork statements that like don't have any backing behind them or anything. Um, That's a good analogy because what happens is the reason I tell my daughter that is because telling her the truth is very complicated and I probably don't understand it on a cellular level. So I can just say the stork brings it. And this may be the same thing goes for chiropractors. We don't know everything about the neurological system and pain science and, you know, trophic changes. So I'm just going to say, I am resetting your nervous system and blah, blah, blah. Nobody knows that. Not, not, not your primary care physician, not your orthopedic surgeon, and like you not know, a neurologist, not, yeah, nobody knows it 100. percent We yeah, don't understand. Nobody anything. knows it, you yeah. know. But for whatever reason, you know, um, chiropractors. I'll pick on myself. Um, you know, they just default to these like stork answers almost. Um, so you know, at some point in time, you know, I started to discover there was, and I don't know what it was through because at the time, Instagram, Facebook, social media wasn't that big. You know, I started to find, find people like Gray Cook, Charlie Weingroff, um, and started going to their courses, you know, watching their DVDs. And I was like, whoa, like people are doing way more than spending seven minutes with people. Yeah. And this know, makes like, sense you know, to me, right? 
Um, you know, and, and kind of like I had experienced myself, you know, you go in, um, actually, actually I'm, I'm backtracking. I'm taking a step back here. Okay. There was a moment I actually had an injury for like probably a solid year and a half. I had this like non-specific back pain with a little bit of leg pain. It was going on forever. You know, it, my deadlift went down. Like I couldn't deadlift without pain. I couldn't sit without pain. I couldn't squat without pain. And back then before CrossFit was super competitive, I was still, I had qualified for regionals Mm -hmm. twice. Um, and this is when they had the open only in 2012. So it wasn't probably as competitive. Um, yeah, we're going to ask questions about that. I dug in a little bit. Go ahead. Um, but, um, like, so that was a big part to me, you know, and I had seen three different chiropractors. Nobody was able to offer me really any relief or really any explanation that was what was going on. I saw a physical therapist. Um, I had gotten countless x-rays. Um, and this was just going on forever. And, like, I'd go to the chiropractor, go to the physical therapist. Um, you know, I'd feel good for 10 minutes afterwards, but then I'd go right back to training. Um, and it would go back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, everyone spent half an hour with me, 20 minutes with me. And I was just like, I feel like no one's even like, what the hell? And then I saw this one chiropractor. He took an hour. He went through the most thorough exam I'd ever seen. Um, you know, we did a bunch of stuff. And by the end of it, you know, he told me what was wrong. He never adjusted me. Um, we did some corrective exercises that he gave me. And then I was like, when do you need to see me again? He's like, I don't need to see you again. You just need to do this as opposed to what you've been doing. And like within 48 hours, I had no more pain. Um, like I was totally fine. And just to, if you're wondering what it was, I was just over hyperextending at like my TL junction. You draw down the ribs. Um, yeah. But I was, I was so hyperextending in that area for whatever reason, you know, maybe I was jamming my facets together, giving myself this, this uh, uh, non, non-specific, yeah, back pain. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah. You didn't need to see me again. It was, my mind was blown. Yeah. You know, and he was like, you need to check out people like Miguel Weingroff Cook, you know? So I started going down that hole with that, basically. Do you still talk to that person at all, or do you? Um, Oh, yeah. You know, I've shadowed him numerous countless times, you know? Um, He is an extremely knowledgeable human being. Yeah. Um, Makes me feel like a total dumbass every time I talk to him. Yep. Uh, he's got an incredible mustache too, probably on par with Stuart McGill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To be smart, you have to have it. You know, when you get level smart, you have to wear a mustache. It's a yeah. requirement. Totally. Yeah. Um, but I was just my, like, I was just blown away that there was another way to be a chiropractor other than, you know, Oh, my back hurts. Okay. Let me crack your back in the same way that I cracked nine other people's backs this morning. You know? Um, so yeah, I was just blown away. I was like, yeah. God, this, it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so much of it, like, right. Like nobody, when you saw those other chiropractors and PTs, like nobody dug into your training history. Nobody did a really thorough exam. Nobody really yeah. looked at your movement, right? Like yeah. it's just the cookie cutter protocol way of healthcare. It just does not work for yeah. everybody. It may work for a big percentage and that's why we have systems and that we have protocols, but it just doesn't work for everybody. And obviously we both um, really, geek out on movement and corrective exercise and everything that goes into treating a person and not a diagnosis or a, or a number. Right. And so yeah. that's a cool story. You should put that on your website, man. Like that's the kind of stuff that speaks to people. You've got to like, put like, that's an amazing story. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty mind blowing. And then the, so what is chiropractic philosophy? 
Wow, I don't even know how to answer that because, like, if I if I do this incorrectly, I'm going to be getting like. Well, what did you learn? Like, according to your school, which was whatever school in not Portland, where was it? New Hampshire. No, it wasn't Portland, Oregon. That's why Port- I went to, right, I went to Portland. Yeah, yeah. So what what did they say, chiropractor? Like, what was their treatment philosophy? I feel like you know, I wouldn't know the PTs one, but I feel like chiropractors usually know what philosophy they they have. So, I was actually really thankful that like the school that I went to was very heavily on just or just as heavy on you know medical diagnosis, being able to perform a thorough history. You know, um, like I feel like I showed up to my clinical externship at the hospital being pretty efficient at like doing neurological exams, taking competent histories, you know, interpreting MRIs, being able to have conversations with other medical providers. Does a typical Uh, Cairo not do those things? Is that not typical? From my understanding, I don't think as much, um, not as much as maybe other schools and philosophy wasn't as big or from what I remember wasn't as big as, you know, and I don't have, yeah, I think every school differs in how they want to present it, the curriculum. You know, they have a set curriculum that they need to achieve, but, you know, they may push philosophy more than others. Okay. Um, and we had, yeah, and we had the minimum requirement you had to meet. Um, but then also, for example, like, so going to seminars to do, like, board prep for my licensing exam, um, I went to other schools, and I went to one of the schools in right outside of Chicago. And the thing that I was blown away by there, they had like this incredible facility. It was so nice. It blew my school out of the water, but they had the, like, um, what's the, um, what's the cream chiropractors use? It's like, it's uh, not icy hot. Biofreeze. Yep. Yeah. So they had like the biofreeze coffee shop. They had the foot lovers rehab center. So they had the, um, some other supplement, you know, gym, you know, and all the chiropractic, companies you know that i feel like i don't want to say it's like a monopoly or it's like a whatever you know but these students are being you know seeing all these like like foot levelers for example we could get into a whole topic on that Mm -hmm. you know but these students are like leaving being like oh everyone needs to have their foot scanned for orthotics or whatever um you know my school didn't they they don't have these outside people um, support our school so we're not influenced by it so to right. a lesser extent I really appreciate that um, so I wasn't as heavily influenced by these companies or from mass media marketing or however you want to refer to it as so I got to kind of formulate my own opinion or they let me form my own opinion you know and I decided to take it in maybe a direction that's not as common as other people yeah no I agree I mean the same thing happens in PT schools right yeah. there's certain dogma that gets pushed and, yeah, yeah. and, and for us, like you just, what we need to learn in school and I think doesn't get pushed enough is clinical reasoning, right. And being open-minded to that. We don't know 100% what's going on. Those are the two yeah. really big rules, right? Like we just don't understand everything and we need to continue to try to understand more as opposed to say, this is exactly what's going on. This is like, it just changes so often. Um, yeah. all right. So let's keep going with that. I got a few more that I, um, like, would you ever adjust anybody? And if so, why? Wait, what, what was the question? You would you out? ever adjust somebody? And if so, why? Okay. So I, I definitely adjust people. I don't, I don't not adjust people. Okay. Um, what's today? Today's Monday. I think I might've adjusted someone on Friday. Even. Okay. Right. Right. So why would you do that? Why would, what would be a good reason to do an adjustment? on you know, a patient if they had a um if they could use more range of motion in a specific area and i thought you know um 
it could assist in whatever other treatment I'm doing, Yep. you know, and I would fully explain to them too, or let them understand, you know, this isn't your manual aspirin, you know, you need to reinforce this or follow this up with corrective exercises or whatever I need, whatever I think that specific patient needs. Um, but yeah, so I definitely adjust people, maybe not as much as the yeah. common doctor. But yeah, yeah. it's still adjust. a tool in your tool belt. I think that's um... yeah, yeah, not everything. What, what's the analogy like when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail? Yeah, or that's exactly the analogy. That's a great job. I would have totally messed that up. Said, like, Not everyone that comes in with back pain is getting their back cracked. Right, right, true, true. So uh, in, in in broadening that topic, and it's something that we discuss a lot kind of just between the two of us, but I think it's really cool to talk about, is is there room for those kinds of passive modalities in healthcare? So like just to, in case people don't know, like we'll call passive modalities an adjustment, right? Or a back crack from a chiropractor or an ultrasound or a massage or, you know, needling and acupuncture things where you're not actively moving. You're kind of being, you're passive and you're receiving that treatment. So what is your kind of thoughts on passive modalities and where they fit in the healthcare or maybe even performance realm, right? Cause we're, we do a lot of performance yeah. stuff too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a place for it, whether it's placebo or whether it's actually doing anything, you know, if the person that you're doing the work on is perceiving it doing something or it's helping them calm down, um, and every case is going to be a little different. So if someone comes in with back pain, I can't say I'm going to adjust them or I'm going to grasp in their back, you know, right. um, but if I, I think there is a, a time and a place for it, but I think too often, you know, people just think, you know, I need you to fix me or, you know, a lot of the times a healthcare provider, you know, they feel like, I can fix you or whatever. And, you know, maybe it's not a case where like, I'm going to fix you. Maybe I'm going to teach you how to fix yourself or I'm going to teach you what's going on and really try to work through this with you more or less. Um, you know, cause I think maybe there's like a, I don't say an ego that comes along with it, but I can fix everyone, you know, or I can like, you know, I can do yeah, that. That healthcare you know, guru is a big, big thing that yeah. is, you know, a lot of chiropractors, PTs, doctors, you know, they have to yeah. fight that you know, I don't even know what you call a bias, right? The confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think there is a time and a place for it. It's just, I guess it's going to be dependent on the patient. And I don't ever want a patient ever relying on me like, Oh, my back feels off today. I need to go see Wes. Um, you know, as opposed to, Oh, you know, I didn't do my, my, my drill. I didn't move my body yesterday. No wonder my back hurts. You know, I don't need to go, you know, go through my insurance or pay him just to run my back for 10 minutes, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's the biggest problem, you know, that I have personally is when we create reliance on these possibilities and it's just tough, yeah. right? Because they're easy. Yes. They make you feel good. You know, yeah. there's thousands of examples of that, you know, whether it comes to massage or ultrasound or, or these yeah. stretch zones or getting chiropractic adjustments. And that's the hardest thing, like, cause it's harder, it's harder to educate and empower people like we're trying to do. It's much harder to have that conversation than it is to come in, say, Hey, I'm going to give you this adjustment, do these two exercises, see you later. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's easy. And you yeah. can make, you well, can make a ton of money that way. So. Um, well, that's the, that's the, the catch 22 of it. You can make a lot of money that way, you know, yeah. um, you can make a lot of money a lot of ways, but you know, it's an easy way to make a lot of money, you know? Um, and people, Everyone wants to be like Homer Simpson is the analogy I've heard. You know, no one actually wants to do the work. So it's a lot easier to come in and lay down on my table and be like, make me more flexible or get me out of pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I'm selling, <laughs> I was saying to somebody the other day, I was like, I'm selling hard work. 
I was like, that's a terrible thing to be selling. Right, exactly. Like, who wants to come in and actually do something? Like, no, I just fix me, bro. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. If you came here for that, you might as well find another PT. Here's the guy down the street. You can go see them. Yeah. So, bad business model. But at the same time, man, like, you know, obviously we're both seeing patients and there's there's a huge let's call it an uprising of people who realize that they need to take control of their own health, right? Whether it comes to their movement and their, you know, musculoskeletal stuff, or even like, you know, in nutrition and, and uh, taking care of themselves internally, it's not always going to be fixed by a pill or by an adjustment. So I just think it's really cool. And that's kind of why we started this podcast. We just want to educate more people that this stuff is out there, you know, and you just need to go seek it. Um, okay. So another one I really like a good question. I think these are going to be a lot of spitfire questions we're going to do for a lot of people now is what, yeah, rapid fire. We only have like five, 10 more minutes. What kind of conventional wisdom makes you the most mad? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. There's a lot of them, right. You know, so you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? So, you know, Oh, you know, the one that I like is if my knees go past my toes, then I'm going to have knee arthritis, right? So things like that. Is there one that sticks out in your brain or? Oh, wow. Um, conventional wisdom. You know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the, 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 understand, the misconception that you have to feel absolutely trashed after a training session to have gotten a quality workout. Ooh, I like uh, that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go down the training route there. You know, I could have, there's a lot of ways I could have done that, but if you're giving me one, I think it's the misconception that we have to abuse ourselves, totally trash our bodies to get a quality training session. Right. That's big in, in CrossFit. And I tell that to people all the time, like yeah. you should feel better after a workout. Like you should feel good. Yeah. And if you don't feel good, then probably you did a little bit too much. You can feel tired, but definitely not trashed. Right. So that's a really good one. I like that. We're going to remember that one. Um, huh. the, I got some other good ones just for you. I just found these. So <laughs> would you ever refuse to see a patient? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. What about this? Why Why do you hate tacos so much? Hate tacos. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your deal with tacos? What's up with that? Why do, why do I love tacos? I don't know. It's just like a, just a combination of everything in a tortilla shell. Like how can you how can you not like that? And then like guacamole, salsa, the combination of that and mayor. And then, then when you get into like, like fancy taco places and like how they're being trying to be creative, not just the traditional taco, there's yeah. so many possibilities. It's like endless. Oh, we're getting a new taco place on Daniel Island. So now we can just start doing the podcast there while we eat tacos. <laughs> oh, that's going to be our first sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So here you go. Spit, spit fire for real. One more time. So um, what are you good at? Like, what is your number one thing? Um, it's like, Wes is really good at X. What's the best thing that you're at that you can do? Um, when I, when I have a, when I have an idea in my head or a plan, uh -huh. I don't, I don't like drop it until I have executed it. And I may not be the most efficient person at that plan, but I continue to tinker, redo, reanalyze over and over and over again. And I don't, I don't want to say quit because it's such a cheesy thing, but basically I don't quit. Like when I have an idea in my head and there's so many examples I could think of in my life where like, you know, anybody else would have been like, bro, you should have gave that up a while ago. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I just, for whatever reason, that's a good one. I, I, yeah. I don't stop. 
What do you suck at? What's the number one thing you suck at that you're just terrible? Everyone's like, God, don't rely on, don't rely on Wes for this. Or man, he's terrible at this. Encouragement or positive reinforcement. <laughs> I, I, I am not a, I am not a cheerleader. I don't, um, you know, it sounds really, really bad, but like, I don't have time to motivate somebody or make the, I don't want to say make them feel. And coming from Boston, it was a lot easier, you know, straightforward, straight to the point. No BS, you know. Um, <laughs> no, that's yeah. good. Yeah, a lot of people appreciate that, right? Like that's, yeah. I agree. Um, what is the number one health or fitness tool that you use like on a patient? So like if somebody comes in, like what's the number one thing you like to do? Whatever it can be. And it can be anything, you know, it can be a pill. It can be a grass thing. It can be a movement. It can be education or conversation, so whatever. We can say an exercise. Um, yeah. I would say, um, can it, does that have to be one exercise or to me like a category of exercise? Whatever you decide, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's your world. You're just living a, in a broad it. Category of spinal drills. And I'm going to say like active movement of the spine. Okay. Cause, cause like with your spine, you organize the rest of your body and nobody can move their freaking spine. I'm not, and it sounds like the most basic thing. But if you ask somebody to move their spine, they move in one area and they can barely extend and flex. And I'm not even talking about just. You mean you can move your spine in different ways besides bending and extending? No, that's that's wrong. I'm sorry. Lateral flexion, rotation, rotation with extension, flexion. Um, And I have so many things I do with people with that um, where it almost is starting by the end of it. If you take it to the next level, it almost looks like some sort of like exotic belly dancing but like you should be able to move your spine in all different directions oh man stay tuned for the rebuild uh spinal movement program it's coming for everybody (laughs) i'm doing instagram posts where i'm just moving my spine and i look like a a dancer oh i would pay money for that (laughs) yeah so that without a doubt because regardless what somebody has going on they can benefit from being able to move their spine because everything without getting too stork analogy here you know Everything is going to attach to your spine. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we already uh, know the answer maybe, but like who was or is the most influential person that has affected your health or fitness career? Oh, oh wow. The most influential person that's affected my fitness career. Oh, wow. One person. It's one. You got to pick one. Oh man, I have like two and I don't know who I choose. You can go two. Let's, we'll give you a little bit, right? So, yeah. So either James Fitzgerald, um, OP, you know who OPT is, the owner of OPEX. Okay, I've heard of it, but yeah, we'll link to it in the show notes, right? I get to yeah, say that. Either, yeah. either James Fitzgerald or Ido Portal, one of those two, I'd say without a doubt. Okay, cool, cool. Um, what is your why? So why, why yeah, why are you doing this? Why do you go out and help people every day? Why do you train the way you do? Like what, why? Like why? Is there a reason? You're just like, oh, I just feel like helping people live a healthier and better life. Like, oh, it's just what yeah, I do. I think, that, I think that'd be the simple, very straight to the answer point from Wes. Like, what? Like, why not? Like, it seems like a good idea. I might as well. Yeah, that um, could be your why, but you know, I think you got something better than that. If we were to go a little more philosophical, short answer, um, you know, because, you know, we can, you know, and it's a, it's a, we have the ability to do this. And, you know, if you've ever, you know, you've experienced it, someone comes in. And, you know, they haven't moved their spine, haven't moved their back, haven't moved their shoulder in a decade, you know, or they've hurt themselves and now they can't. And they would give anything to just have 10% of that movement back, you know, and now they can't. Um, 
So I, I do it for that just so, you know. Yeah. That's an adrenaline. It's a good feeling. It's addictive, right? We want to get that every single time. If we don't get it, we get upset. So yeah. I feel you. I feel you there. Um, how do you maintain your own health and fitness? What's the, what's the oh, stuff that you're doing? <laughs> I move. I don't even want to say train. I move a lot. Okay. Mainly because I just can't, I can't sit still. And in the last few years, it's not even training from a, a weight training or fitness standpoint. It's almost like, uh, have you ever read the book for Anti-Fragile? Yes. So it's like, so the author refers to it as tinkering. I, I basically tinker now with everything I do. You know, I do jujitsu, I do Muay Thai, I do boxing, I do all my gymnastics and all of that stuff is tinkering. You know, you don't go in and you're like, oh, I'm going to do a handstand. I can do a handstand. There's each set has fail upon fail upon fail. And I have to anti, or I have to tinker and reassess every. The anti-fragile set. yourself. Yeah. More, we can say it. It's, it's a really cool word. Yeah. Um, you know, everything is like a, a, a process. Like, oh, I just kicked up. We're going to call it the anti-fragile program, man. We just came up. We just came up with our program. Ooh. Charleston um, Movement Collective is coming at you oh. with that online program. You wait. We yeah, said it out loud. Keeps me more engaged. <laughs> uh, basically, I just can't sit still. I always need to be doing something. Um, what is your – okay, hold on. What's the number one thing the general public should do to maintain their own health and fitness? I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing you just said, but you know, you, t you can tell me if so, I'm wrong. So either, you know, we could say move their spine or if they want two tasks, I'm going to take this directly from Ido Portal. You know, you should be sitting in a squat, um, you know, ass to grass squat, full range of motion um, every day. And you should be hanging every single day, you know, from a pull up bar, um, you know, and he gives the prescription of you should be sitting in a squat 30 minutes a day, accumulated time. And you should be hanging seven minutes a day accumulated time. Um, so 100%. I think if you're not going to do anything else, you need to do those two things, hang and squat. Got it. Perfect. What is your best health or fitness success story? Like, you know, there's always that one patient or maybe that one person that you trained or, you know, do you yeah. have kind of one good story that you can um, talk about? Yeah, yeah. I had this one guy. His name was Brandon. Um, he had – multiple disc herniations from uh from car accidents you know he'd seen a bunch of chiropractors seen a bunch of physical therapists you know all the chiropractors just kind of wrote him off um physical therapists stopped seeing him once his insurance stopped paying you know they told him he was fine whatever um but had all this leg pain had gained a bunch of weight because of it you know couldn't um couldn't really do anything like life like poor guy like without getting into it too much, you know, or just gained a lot of weight yeah. being, you know, a middle-aged male living in the city, you, you know, you, you want to be on, on point with that stuff. Uh, so we started training, um, you know, and he lost, I want to say like 25, 30 pounds, you know, he no longer has back pain, you know, and I never once cracked his back. I never once rubbed his back, you know, it was all deadlifting, kettlebell swinging, assault biking, squatting. You deadlifted um, and he had back pain. Oh my God. <sighs> Right. Okay. That, yeah. He would tell me he had pain while we deadlifted, and I still did it. Oh, stop it! No, that's wrong. His discs were herniating. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. No, and we can talk about that in another episode. No, but yeah, deadlifting and back pain. pain will be a whole episode for sure. Oh, uh, you know, and he told me he had pain, and I'd be like, "No, you're fine. Let's keep going." And now he doesn't have pain. And it, but the thing was, when when I left Boston, because he was a, a person I had right at the end of Boston, you know. He wrote me this great thank you card that I still have on my fridge next to your daughter's painting, actually. Perfect. Uh, 
you know, and it was just really nice because like a lot of times you kind of lose sight of it because the way you and I treat, you know, um, it's frustrating because I, you know, I lose a lot of patients because they don't like the way I treat or I've turned down a lot of patients too yeah. because no, it's not going to work. So when it, when it, uh, when someone actually like decides to buy in and go all in with you, um, it's pretty awesome to actually see the end result. And now I, you know, I've, um, more or less help somebody become self-sufficient and realize that they don't have to be controlled by this pain for the rest of their life. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cole comes down to just what you just talked about. They're anti-fragile, like you're strong, you're resilient, you're adaptable, that like people respond positively to stress. And we're just going to keep iterating that through every single one of these episodes. Yeah. All right. I got some fun ones. What yeah. is your walkout song? My walkout song? You know, if you come out, you know, into the rain oh, yeah. or come oh, on yeah. stage. I know that. What would be my walkout song? That's such a good question. <laughs> Enjoy it. Probably, I don't know. Like I, I, I always imagine maybe like maybe sandstorm. Oh my goodness, that fits you so well with the long hair. Oh man, Darude sandstorm. That's getting linked <laughs> linked to the show notes. What is your favorite cartoon? Favorite cartoon: SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh man. Okay. So good. I still watch it. <laughs> um, favorite movie or TV show? So either a favorite movie would be the SpongeBob SquarePants movie or one of the Lego movies, either the newest Lego movie, the Batman one, or the original Lego movie. Man, I'm gonna just your kids and and uh, or my kids should hang out with you. Oh, it's I, I am so I'm actually sore from watching that movie because I laugh so hard. <laughs> the <laughs> the worst car you ever owned. I've been pretty fortunate to always have pretty nice cars. I've never had a bad. <laughs> hey, well, what is the worst one out of the group? You can say it. Let's be honest. Maybe my no. Um, <laughs> I love. I've never, had, I've never had a bad car. Okay, like, right, we'll go with that. Um, if you wouldn't be a health or fitness professional, what would you have been? Oh man. What was your backup plan, bro? Did you have a backup plan? I probably would have been a beach bum. I probably would have just like like lived. a surfer, yeah, yeah, more or less snowboard, like work work the lifts, you know what I mean, like and just snowboard, like some, yeah, something like that, so I could like I could uh, pursue my my goal of doing nothing. Then that's a good goal. I have we, don't we all have the same goal? Whoever says they don't have that goal is lying. You are lying to yourself. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, what was the last TV show or movie you watched? Like the last one immediately. So when you called me last night, I was trying to get you off the phone because I was watching the end of Armageddon, and it's the part where Bruce Willis like um, uh, sacrifices himself or whatever. And I always get a little teary eyed. So I was trying to get you off the phone because oh, I was. I sensed your sadness. Crying. I sensed yeah. your sadness. I'm like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> okay. Last one. Um, what is the last book you read? Uh, the last book I read. Um, it was actually I just reread Sapiens. Okay. Um, um, and we could go, we could take that back to the. I've gotten into reading in about the last year or so, and it's whenever I approach reading, I approach it with the mindset that I'm taking a test. So it's hard to read for fun. So I, I've been rereading a lot of books and just having my mind blown by it. Right. Like, there is a sequel to that too. For I don't know if you yeah. read that, but I heard that. No, there is. I need to read that too. All right. We're wrapping it up, man. Um, really good interview, man. I learned a lot about Wes today, even though I've known him. I know him fairly well. So uh, <laughs> we appreciate everybody listening. Hope you enjoyed it. 
leave a review um, on iTunes. That stuff helps us get the word out and share with all your friends, family, and everybody. And thanks again, Wes. I appreciate it. Uh, Likewise, buddy. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.